Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, everybody, I'm Kim. And I'm Penn, and thank you for stumbling across the Holderness Family Podcast. We're excited that you're here. We are, and this is our very favorite thing, because we usually record these on a Friday, and the work week's kind of winding down, and it's like forced interaction. <laughs> <laughs> right. This could be time that we spend just kind of unwinding on our own, doing a crossword puzzle, whatever, playing video games, but I have grown to to oddly look forward to this like yeah. sitting here and talking about our relationship and so i recommend that everyone out there who's in a relationship just take some time and just stare at Start each a other podcast and talk oh, wait. Oh, you wait. could honestly you could you could be like that that kid from wet hot american summer who they he, they gave him a microphone and they didn't even plug it in yeah but that you know that like that's the joke right that you and i are going to have this podcast in the retirement home oh yeah and, and they're not and nothing's going to be plugged they're in. like the we're going to be old and senile and they're going to be like oh kim and pen there they are over There's there the kim and pen show talking to nobody um that may I, already I mean, I mean that may already be the case like honestly does anybody even hear this i'm unsure anywho uh today we're talking about something that honestly has been a very fun discussion within our family uh i wrote a blog post we have a blog y'all okay as let me just like sidebar as people are reducing social media consumption which i applaud whatever you need to do for your mental health totally um we have a little blog and you can sign up for a newsletter so if you're getting off social media you can get our little newsletter and it's emailed to you and you can kind of catch up with what we're doing it's the holderness family Dot com. And it may redirect you occasionally to forms of social media, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but really what it is, it, a lot of it is just about what's going on in our lives. And if you've been following us, particularly over the last couple of years and our adventures through COVID, our book writing, and then most recently our journey through the amazing race, we talk a lot about what's going on in our brains. Right. And so um, something popped up for me because <clears throat> of Sorry. how we're some parenting and some marriaging stuff we're going through right now. But the blog post was titled stuff I used to think was true. And I only put three things on there, but this, this list could have been 20 
but you guys came in hot with some good ones. So these are just, listen, let's back up a second. Let's back up. We've all made some fun mistakes in our life. Like there's definitely a boyfriend or two that I should have dumped a little sooner Mm -hmm. and stayed in some friendships that weren't working. There were some perms even that like just were bad. And I'm grateful for all those missteps because without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. But there were some like really ingrained just, uh, you know, idioms and things that were beat into my head that are just so untrue that I have probably said to my kids that I'm trying to unravel right now. This is going to be interesting because I kind of know what you're going to start with here. And we're going to spend a lot of time on the first one. At least I want to, because it, it is a bit unlike you. Mm-hmm. to to dismiss these conceptions yeah, so, as a dreamer, which you are. Yeah. So the first one I wrote, and again, we're going to get to yours, you know, that were so good was you can do anything you set your mind to. I, I was raised on that mm-hmm. out of love, right? A teacher said it to me, parents and, you know, dance teachers said that to me, you can do. And so it made me feel like as a teenager, if I say I studied for three three weeks on a test, you know, stayed up all night, and then I got a B, I felt a lot of shame that I didn't work harder. So the value was that I didn't work hard enough, even down to like the SAT. You guys, kids are getting their SAT scores back right now. And let me just tell you, I sucked at that. We didn't have resources within our family to pay for a tutor. So my mom bought me one of those like big SAT study guide books where you just take the test over and over and over again. So I did fine. I mean, I went to school and I got into some good school. It was fine, but I had to take it like three or four times. It was terrible. But I was like, oh, I'm not doing well because I'm not working hard enough. Not that not that my brain just doesn't do well on a, on a multiple choice test. It was, the shame was I didn't work hard enough. Okay. I want to make sure and clarify this. You, th- these are things that you have learned to dismiss as you've gotten older. Yes. Are these also things that you're going to start deaccentuating with your children? Because I do feel like it's our job as a parent to tell our kid that they can do anything until the world beats them down and narrows down their dreams. So that's tricky. You know what I mean? But yeah, and I think we're encountering that as where our, our kids are getting pretty cooked, right? In terms of like our what our impact can be. Our daughter's 15, our son is 12, and they certainly deserve all the privacy around what they're doing right now and the things they're into. But I look at them and they they each have some pretty amazing high lofty goals, but I mean, like, I, I don't know how to be a realist without just like, right. it's so, a balance. So let's, I mean, let's just talk, let's talk about what we're talking about here. We're talking about how it is our job to tell our kids that they can do anything. Um, we're also talking about the pressure that comes with someone telling you that you can do anything. So when you tell your child, hey, you're going to play for the North Carolina Tar Heels basketball team someday because you can do anything, then at some point, the question is asked, well, what am I going to have to do to make that happen? And the answer is somewhere in between a lot of hard work and there's nothing you can do that's never going to happen. Right? Right. Well, Sue, I, I'm here to say you can't do everything you put your mind to. Right. Yeah. You the, it, it, Physically, I if I wanted, 
okay, this has nothing to do with athletics or sports, but like just, it just popped into my head. I had a really rough breastfeeding journey with Lola. I was first time mom. We were in New York City. I didn't, I had never heard of a lactation consultant and it was just rough and terrible and hard. I went back to work after 12 weeks and I was on an airplane with a breast pump and I tried some combination of breastfeeding and formula till she was about eight months old. I felt very guilty that it didn't work. Like it just, it, it never felt like it was working. So when PC comes along, we're in North Carolina, they have a lactation consultant in the hospital. The pediatrician has one, like the access is everywhere. So I had access and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this perfectly. It didn't. Uh, and then he had really bad reflux. I remember looking at you crying. I'm like, I've never tried harder at something in my life. I took supplements. I did this. I pumped after every, like I did it all and it was not enough. He wasn't gaining weight. We had a good, like it was terrible. Like, and uh, literally the lactation consultant handed me a can of formula and she's like, you're missing it. You're missing out on your baby take this can of formula and feed it to him. And I was like, no, I because I'm like, I put my mind to this. So finally, after like pumping exclusively, it was just terrible. After like eight months, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I needed to like literally be medicated after this. I remember this, yeah. Like it was terrible and I felt shame because I, I literally, I put my mind to it. My body wouldn't do it. So literally like you can't do everything you put your mind to. So how do you... How do you edit that language? Right. I'm sitting here trying to think about this. Like we, because it can't be, you can't do everything you put your mind to. We've got to come up with better. Sometimes you're going to try really, really hard at something. And there's sometimes you're going to want something so bad and you're going to try so hard at it and it still may not happen. And that's okay. Okay. So again, I'm, I'm thinking of this through the lens of someone who is talking to a loved one. Right. Where you're supposed to have their back. Not just, I'm not just talking about my kids. I'm talking about like you. Right. You and I have had things where like you've had ideas and I've wanted to say there's no way this could ever possibly happen, but I've supported you and said, I love you. I, like, I'm just going to support you no matter yeah. what. Um, so maybe it's, I don't know. I feel like working hard will always get you closer to your goal. So, but it may not get you all the way. So there was somebody wrote in, instead of saying practice makes perfect, practice makes progress. So, so somebody wrote That's in pretty good. saying that their least, that the adage practice makes perfect created this really terrible mental weight and created a lot of shame when she practiced and it wasn't perfect. So now she says practice makes progress. So I, yeah. So what do you say to me who has this crazy idea goal and realistically, like I'm never going to be, okay, my dream is never to be in the NBA, WNBA, but it, at age eight, if I said, hey, I want to be in the WNBA, first of all, I didn't have access. Like I didn't have access. I didn't have yeah. resources. I didn't have the Let, height. I didn't. Right. Yeah. Let me tell, like, here's, here's how I've tried to address this with my children as they've gotten old enough. Like when they're three, you're like, you're going to be in the WNBA. You can say whatever you want to. And as you get older to quote uh, a, a very well-known stand-up comedian, the older you get, that's where dreams get narrowed down. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like your parents tell you, you can do anything. And then you get to a certain age and they're like, you can do six, six things. things. Yeah. Like, so, and, and I like every time I hear that, uh, joke, I laugh and I think it's really funny, but it's also really true. So I think what I've told my kids or I've tried to work on when they say they have a goal, 
Um, like Penn, let's just let's let's. I love Penn Charles's goal, and I want him to keep his goal. And he's also smart enough to know that it's like a very long shot. BC wants to play basketball at the University of North Carolina. Guess what his dad wanted to do when he was BC's <laughs> age? The exact same thing. I found out pretty quickly that that was not going to work. But instead of like, I didn't let my my parents didn't tell me. They never told me. They also didn't really do much of anything except say, okay, go in the backyard. Good luck. Right. What I'd like to tell my kids in a situation like that is where you are now and where you want to be, there are 25,000 things in between it. So like, what can we do to work on the next goal instead of that goal all the way up there? Yeah. But I also don't know if that's putting too much pressure on them. I, I do think that looking at something attainable and, and allowing them to have that nugget and that goal in the back of their head does it, it like it does provide hope. And I know that hope is not a strategy, but I also think <laughs> <laughs> language. I also think that hope is good. No, well, and, and I I am the type of person where if I have a deadline or a race or something like I for the Amazing Race, for example, like we we worked out this morning and we were carrying kettlebells up the stairs of this building where the gym is, and we did that a lot in our tar training. Yeah, and, and in preparation for the Amazing Race, because I was right, like. A lot of the amazing race is just carrying weird shaped things upstairs, and I was right. So when we did that before, I was like, like I, we did that. We would do three or four trips today. I was like, we've done one, and I'm done. Like I, I don't have the motivation unless I have a deadline. I don't have the motivation unless I have a very specific goal. So if that goal keeps our kids motivated and busy, then yeah. great. But I think right now, what I'm trying, the language I'm trying to use with our son specifically is. He, he, you know, he's joined a new basketball team and I was like, and they, and they're a new team. So they may not even like win any games in these tournaments. So I'm like, remember the goal is to get, be on a consistent team with good, consistent coaching. coaching. Yeah. And so if you come out of this, having the opportunity to improve because you've had more consistent, better coaching and you don't win any games, you've still uh, like that. The goal is to like get better better and so if the end of the day you can say with pride like i've worked harder and i've made some progress as long as the goal is not winning yeah i mean yes and there listen we're, we're juggling mental health with the sacrifices that you have to make to improve in life as well right so i think the thing that we've got to work on with him is like he's got to recognize he really wanted this and now that he's there he has to learn how to make some sacrifices for it well i just i i I'm now 46 years old and I realize the detriment of this statement of you can have anything you remind, yeah. said your mind to has done to in my life. And I'm incredibly aware of the mental health struggles facing our kids right now coming out of this pandemic. And this is not, we've not seen this in our house, but it's a conversation in our house. I mean, teen suicide rates are up. I mean, yeah. like we, we all know people who, whose families are, are dealing with like kids battling depression and anxiety coming out of this pandemic because it's been so hard. So I am removing, yeah. I'm actively removing any pressure of like achievement and perfection from our kids yeah. right now. We're coming right back. Stay there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I've got two things. Yeah, for you, you, here. you can have you can have five things. No, no, these are like re- responses to what you just said. Number one. I, I think that like when I when I was a kid, I wanted to go into space, mm-hmm. and I took a lot of math classes and science classes, and I finished first in all of them. I like I I, I worked out. I I started distance running because I knew that was what astronauts did to have like better, you know, knowledge of that. My parents always were like, "Oh yeah, you could be an astronaut, no problem." They probably knew because like if you're a certain, I, I wanted to go to the Air Force, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to join the space program after that. There's no way they didn't know the two things, A, that I'm blind as a bat, and two, I'm too big to fit in the cockpit. But when I went to the Air Force uh, like inquiry night, they were like, oh, you can't do any of these things. You can do zero of the things you want to do. You're blind and you're tall. Yeah, so you know I used that as an example for this in my blog. Oh, I, ever, oh, so I said Penn wanted to be an astronaut, but he's nearsighted and colorblind. Besides physical right. limitations on dreams, there are many examples, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, too tall, too. They said it's too tall to fit in the cockpit. I, I, don't, I think they've changed that since, but when I was there. All right, so that's so funny like, that you wrote that. Yeah. you cannot do everything you put your mind right. to. But also, I think they did me a favor, right? It was just, and I think they did my parents a favor too because your parents they just don't want your parents to be the ones who tell you that i know it's super tricky to like you don't want to be the person to narrow down your child's dreams but also like let's be real i i I don't know i i think i'm i'm going to i think my strategy is i'm going to live by this i'm going to say these words out loud and i and i hope that our kids absorb that but i will never tell them ever again i I, i'm sure i have but I'm never going to tell them again, you can do anything you set your mind to. How about this? I think I've got a, a, the saying I'm going to replace that with. Okay. All right. Hard work always pays off. Just not always in the way you think. I love that. Because honestly, look it at always you. does pay off. Look at you. Like the the math classes and the science classes you took. I mean, look you got into a, an amazing school. You're super smart. Physically, that physical training still continues to pay off and that you're in great shape now. Like, so that hard work served you in every area of your life. It just didn't get you in the cockpit of like the space shuttle. You know, do they have a cockpit? I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. You're I, so I, cute with your astronomy knowledge. I, well, is, is it? No, it is a cockpit. Okay. Um, I mean, just any any area where the pilots have controls is going to be called a cockpit. Okay. But again, I, once once the <laughs> the guy in the Air Force outfit looked at me literally while I was signing up, it was like, oh, you can never be a pilot. I was like, well, 
there goes my dream. And probably my, I probably went home and told my parents. I remember I was really sad and they probably like secretly high-fived each other behind closed doors because they didn't have to be the ones to tell me that because <laughs> yeah. it's just so tough. Yeah. But I'm going to just watch my language in front of the kids and then hard work will always pay off. Yeah. It, I like you, that. you just don't know how, right? There's, there's. We listen, we both wanted to be in local news so bad that we learned how to edit and we learned how to create content and then basically left and started working in this world where we create content on this platform that just happened to start popping as we left local news and we had every single necessary skill to at least produce it. And so you made a funny face. Is it because our dog is smacking? Our dog is like licking the couch. I think she's just licking her own. No, she was looking at the couch. I'm okay. sorry, Sunny. Uh, go ahead. Anyway, that was my empowering speech while you made that face. I'm sorry, so. it was very distracting. <laughs> no, it's, it is true. And I think that I like to work hard and I like a project. I, I like to dig into something. And once you realize that the process of it, yeah, I loved the training for The Amazing Race probably more than the race experience. I loved that as a project. This is a fun exercise. So we're like making our own fortune cookies here. Right. So we've got the the first one is hard work will always pay off, just not always in the way you think. Okay. Next fortune cookie. The, the next one was actually a fortune cookie I got on my birthday. Penn took me out for a fun dinner. It was between lunch and dinner because it was the only time we can get a reservation at this fun restaurant. And um, the fortune said, don't surrender all your joy for an idea you used to have about yourself. Isn't that pretty deep for I a fortune know. cookie? Fortune like, cookies, P.S. They bat like 150. They really suck these Yeah, days. well, I mean, like one out of every six of them is good. The rest of them are... They're like, yeah, they're just like, you will have joy. Right. I either want them to create false hope with something like you were about to come into a financial windfall. I like that one. Yeah. Even though it's there's no way they could have any evidence or like one like this. that's really, really thoughtful. Yeah. But fortune, yeah. fortune, like, like if you make fortune cookie headlines, I'd love to, to talk to you about like what that's all about and how much hate mail you get. Oh, my gosh. Do you, there feel was like, actually a story when I was at Inside Edition. They they make all these fortune cookies like a factory in Brooklyn or somewhere. I'm getting this wrong. But they, you know, they have lotto numbers on the back. Yeah. So that that same, those same lotto numbers go on the back of every, every. fortune cookie that are produced that day. Oh, so it hit they, one time? And they hit one time. Oh, God. And something like 200, I'm, I'm getting the facts of the story so wrong, but hundreds of people used the fortune cookie numbers and won the lottery. Oh, so mathematically, was, you should never pick that number. Because if you do, you have to split it with. You're gonna have people. to like you like th- those should be the first or maybe numbers. Maybe twenty people. I don't know. Yeah, but those should be the first numbers that you don't pick because you don't ever want to pick the same. The most important way to like win the lottery is to pick a number that nobody else has picked. We don't know. We suck at the. No, lottery. I do. I'm telling you, number wise. Yeah. If you're guaranteed that you're gonna have to split it a hundred times, but wouldn't you rather split it a hundred times than win zero? But it's it, it, the extra. So the point is. <laughs> This is a whole no, no. Podcast. I need you to understand this because this is good. like this is something that you need to understand. Okay. You have the same odds of winning the lottery if you pick any freaking number. It okay. just so happened that that hit, and because it did, everyone who did pick it got cheated out of it. Which means anytime you pick that lottery number, someone else is going to pick it. Well, they still won gonna... more than the people who didn't win but any numbers. <laughs> They didn't win because the numbers were on the fortune cookie is what I'm saying. They won because they got lucky and they had the same luck as anybody else. So if you're going to have the same luck, you may as well pick a number that not everybody else is going to pick. Got it. 
No, you don't. I don't got it. I just want to move on. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so I just think that said to me, back to the fortune, <laughs> that life is too short to suffer when you can just quit. You know, I think that I'll use an example in my life. Like I danced forever thinking that I'd go to New York and be a professional dancer. And then I decided to go to college. And I was telling the kids this morning that it, once I removed the occupation out of it and the training necessary to make it your occupation, the joy kind of disappeared or, or like the motivation disappeared. And then I realized I'm like, huh, I don't think I have a lot of joy attached to this right now. And I only quit for like a summer, but I quit. And then actually I didn't dance my freshman year and then I joined the Dazzlers my sophomore year. And then I found a way to make dance fun. But like, it is okay to spend a lot of time on something. Like, honestly, something that is, this on a very small level, what I do now, I'll start reading a book and I won't like it. And now I'll quit. You have to understand, I would get 50 pages into the book, hate it and keep reading it because I felt like I had to. You have to, to finish what you have started. to finish what you started. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't have to keep reading this. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Another fun kind of spinoff to this that I've noticed lately that I love about you is we started going to a personal trainer. Um, <laughs> and, and so you pay, you pay a pretty penny for an hour with this personal trainer. But also Kim realized as we were there that, oh, wait, I paid an hour for this. I'm in total control. <laughs> so when she came to that realization, we'll get to like 55 minutes and there's like a really tough like finishing workout. And she just looks at the guy and says, no. no. <laughs> and he's like, he looks okay. back at her like, what? You know, you could seem like he's thinking about bowing up. He's a motivational trainer. And Kim's like, this is my money. No. I, I have I, complete I, control over what I'm going to do with it. And I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> and it, every time she does it, <laughs> like it's at the point he, now. He'll be like, he'll ask, he's like, can we do? Yeah, I'll and just I'm do like, it. And then you'll <laughs> sit over there. And you're in great shape. You, did, you don't need to do it. There's something about that last five minutes that I crave. Yeah. of a workout. I love it. That's the last five minutes. I just want to stretch. So we have made a commitment to age well, and we've made a commitment to, and so we're putting our money literally like that's fine. We're putting a financial commitment. We're making different choices because all about, you know, no. yeah, <laughs> women is the age and all this stuff. And then I'm like, I don't want to. So yeah, I, you can, I quitting is the best. And I, I <laughs> Wait a minute. it is the best. So we've got, again, again, we've got a, we've got to redo the language. Do you think the fortune cookie is the best one? The don't surrender all your joy for an idea you used to have about yourself. Cause that's pretty good. It is really good. But I just feel like expectations we put on ourselves. So maybe it's a relationship maybe it's a friendship or that you've had for years and years and it always leaves you feeling icky, a fitness goal you've had. But if you are working super hard on something and it's making you miserable, it's okay to walk away from that. And I, that is so unlike me. This Like five years ago, I, I would have fought you on this. Yeah. But I think now- This is a real tap dance that we're having. And would you agree that a big reason for it is because we have a daughter who's in high school right now? Um, I, I mean, and, I would, yeah. and she's handling it great. I just think you look at, you look at the way that high school is set up now. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I think like, I'm very proud of how my daughter is managing goals and mental health. I think she's like ahead of the curve when it comes to this, but she's ahead of me, yeah, that's for sure. But, but when you get to high school, you immediately are told, okay, 
the second you get a B, you're out of the running for this school, this school. This. I mean, your dreams just start slowly getting narrowed down mm-hmm. when you're when you're in high school. And then you, you hear a number about what your score is supposed to be. You go like to a guidance counselor who has you list all of these schools and you look at the acceptance rate so that you can manage your expectations. I understand why they're doing it. But I, I do think that that's brought it back to top of mind for us. And we've had to ask that question, not just for her, but for ourselves. Where's that balance? between achievement and contentment and the pressure in between can be so intense right and it's i am the worst sports parent i am the worst um, (laughs) you're a great sports parent i'm but i i feel like both teams should have fun and i just feel like it's it's hard. It's hard. And it's hard to complicate with also like just acknowledging the privacy my daughter needs. But I will say in a very generic way that the academic pressure these kids are on, I just don't. Yeah. And she's doing great in school, but needs to then make some other choices with mm-hmm. some extracurriculars that I'm like, dude, uh, oh, sorry, guys, don't check your phone. That's my, that, that was mine. And I'm very sorry. And I'm going to turn that down. Um, I just think that you can, there's a lot of people telling our kids right now that if they get a B. It's over. It's for, for this no school, this school, and this into, school. Even, and I know every state has their schools, but UNC here locally is like, you have to have something like a four point. I'm making this up, but some like obscene high GPA, like 4.3 or something. I don't know. It's going to be bad. Plus some insane SAT score. And I'm like, but then what? Like, like, I don't know. I just feel like there'll be a school where you can have a life and you can, you know, it just, it's easy for me to say because I'm past it. So I'm trying to acknowledge that too. But I think as a, 46 year old woman now I'm reevaluating things that I've gone knee deep on and I'm like you know what this isn't serving me anymore and I'm hoping by doing that I'm acknowledging to our kids that like it's okay to walk away from something yeah I like it yeah uh this uh this third one is gonna be easy yeah (laughs) that that was kind of a no-brainer what other people think about you matters did someone tell you that at some point Oh, I used to be. They're just it, that's a preconception that you had. Yeah, I gotcha. I I used to really um, more than I admitted. Think I, I used to put a lot of weight into other people's opinions of me, and this is probably late thirties, early forties. I I pretty much got rid of it. There's still sometimes there'll be there'll be comments that will still cut me a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, but I'm, I've, I've become better at this. So what Kim has as his third is the this preconception that she had was what other people think about you matters. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to talk a little bit about our careers and how difficult it is to dodge that preconception. Mm-hmm. Our first job was in local news and our second job is making content on the internet, both of which are entirely driven by what people think of you. (laughs) You get the job in local news because of of something somebody thought of you. Right. right? Uh, Not only that, you, I mean, on a larger scale, you are at a successful station and people, you can see via metrics, but particularly if you're an anchor, um, if the ratings go up or if they go down, if you're on the television. Like literally minute by minute. Tune out 
all these things. So there's a rating called a Q rating that every station does market research on and they find out what people's opinion is of you. And you get those overnight ratings every single morning on when people change the channel. Right. Right. Yeah. So you'd be, you know, I remember this is so long ago. I'm sure now, I mean, we've been out of it for so long. I'm sure it's, but you could see literally when people turned off the TV or turned the station. And if it's when your face was on, it's oh, called tune out. Yeah, yeah. That that that's a little bit of a gut punch. Right. I mean, I, I it happened to me in my early career. They did market research on me when I was in Colorado, and basically, the, this consultant firm advised the news director to fire me immediately because <gasps> my numbers were so bad. Who didn't like you? Oh, I'm like I mean, it was an older kind of bedroom, like a retirement community, and I was a 21 year old with ADHD calling sports highlights. I didn't like looking back on it. I didn't like me. I'm cute. You're very sweet, but you know, looking at old tapes, you can't believe how bad you used to be. I used to be try to be so serious. Uh, Right. And so that was, that was me. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, The people who didn't fire me, I owe them, I think a debt of gratitude because I got to go through this business and and keep going. But all, all you ever think about is what other people think of you in that business. I think that when the one difference that, that we made when we moved over and started doing it, on Facebook, we can still see the metrics. We can certainly see the comments. Mm-hmm. We can see the thought pieces, but we at least get to do whatever we want. And so that part of it is removed and we're not doing things specifically based on what people want. It was more on what we want, right? but I could still do a much better job on three. I know you've gotten better at it. I don't know if I've gotten better at it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I can say out loud, like I don't read the comments. Uh, you know, I don't really care. I really care what people think about me. I want to be liked. Mm-hmm. I think that's just part of my DNA. As my dad said, I came out of the womb begging for applause. Right. He said that in a newspaper article about me. Yeah. Which at first I was like, that's kind of, well, no, that's dead on. Yeah. I, there's nothing else I can say. So I like, I kind of need to get senile and ornery about like, just not caring about what other people think about me, but I am going to struggle with this one. Yeah, I I think I struggle less because I I don't know why I but it, I I was able to I again there are still comments that sting but I was able to fast forward through this one because I think I have a lot of perspective. There are people in my life, you know, people in my family and friends that if they were upset with me, I wouldn't be able to think straight, and I would be devastated if 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 they were upset with me. That the people who matter matter really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other people, I think that everybody matters. I think that anybody's like, and I, we'll we'll get a negative comment on the internet, and and you know I'll have friends, even people on the post being like, "Who asked for your opinion?" I did. I'm on I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, I'm on a v- video and social platform where comments drive everything. So I did ask for your opinion and I have to accept it and appreciate it and move on with it. And hopefully it'll make me a better person. It certainly keeps my ego in check. My, on occasion. I, I'm fine with the comments that are like, Oh, this could have been handled better. A hundred percent. We're here to grow and learn like yeah. we're humaning, we're learning. So those, but the ones that, that make a statement on my appearance. Sure. I, I, I can get rid of those pretty easily nowadays because they people love to comment on a woman's appearance. Everyone thinks I have a goiter. Do you? No, it's really funny. So I have an Adam's apple because I'm a man. Men have Adam's apples. But when I turn to the side, 
Yeah. It looks like the goi. It looks like the Adam's apple is on the side of my face. So a couple of times people have been like, Penn needs to get that goiter fixed. I'm like, I don't have a goiter. Do you know that there have been TV people or internet people and there have been people to write in and be like, oh, you should get your thyroid checked or something. And people have like diagnosed weird oh for sure like yeah. cancers on people because they've spotted cysts or I'm yeah, not I'm, using I, any of this I, i'm grateful for it um I, like, I am it's just but i don't think i'm ever gonna not care what other people think about me i think that's especially as an extrovert where you get all of your energy from other people maybe it's because i'm an introvert I could use some of that mojo. I would mojo. be deeply offended if my dog didn't like me. That's why I don't want to get another well, dog because I want I I want to be Sunny's favorite. She likes she. This is a little secret. She likes everybody. If somebody broke into our house to try to steal all of our things and stab me repeatedly, Sunny would probably lick that. I know that person. So we had a plumber come in to do some work, and bless him, he has been bitten by dogs before, and we used to have a dog who bit people yeah. so i understand like the, the hesitation and i was like let me put my dog outside because he just didn't want to come inside if there's a dog i'm like i'll put her outside and then i think somebody let sunny in so he tensed up and i was like whoa, whoa, whoa. i'm like and then of course she just like licked him and landed his feet <laughs> and i'm like i will say if she bites you like there's something wrong. there's something wrong but i i will also never force my dog on people because he is a well you know, there's reason for it. Okay, now we're getting into oh, this is fun. from the post. You yeah. guys had like hundreds, and so I went through and picked some that I loved, and there are more. And I hopefully on this as well, um, you guys will add more because I just love learning from you guys. We can go through these quick. We can have a discussion, but number one, sacrificing myself is a virtue. So this person believed for a long time that sacrificing herself meant she was, you know, godly and holy, you know, just because she mm-hmm. was giving so much of herself. And then at the end of the day, like your cup is empty, you can't give to anybody. So it is not a virtuous, virtuous thing to sacrifice yourself at all time. I, I yeah. Uh, do you mind if I pick out a couple of these? Yeah. I, I, I man, I, I've struggled with this forever, especially as somebody who's in a, a pastor's family who has seen so many tragedies come in our door and out of our door growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, my dad never said this phrase before, but you hear it all the time. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. So this, this person said, no, uh, sometimes bad things happen and we end up making the best out of it. But sometimes things just suck. I yeah. am here for this one. Uh, I've had it every time I want to say everything happens for a reason. By the way, the only time you ever say that is when something unimaginably terrible has happened to somebody and that's probably not what they want to hear. No, I have said this and I feel like I've used this to, I was, I think I, I remember a time in which I used this because we were pregnant with we, I was pregnant with Lola. We were living in New York city. You had just, your contract had not been renewed. So essentially I was the only paycheck. You were auditioning and interviewing for jobs and not getting anything. Fun fact, I was still getting paid. You were still getting paid, which was also another like weird ego thing too. They're like, we'll pay you, but we don't want you on TV. So there was like this weird ego thing happening and you were interviewing and things weren't happening. You had, listen, you were still making more money than I was because <laughs> men. No, um, that's not because men I signed a good contract. I worked yeah, hard for that contract. You did. I know. But, but that contract was expiring and you were working so hard to like, we had a baby on the way and we were living in New York city. We needed double income. So I, 
but then you I you auditioned for a job in Orlando, which is where my mom was. And I'm like, oh my God, if we could live in Florida, I'm from Florida. We can live in Florida. We can be where my mom is, where I'm having our baby. Like I so desperately wanted you to get that job. You didn't. And thank jo- God, thank gosh, thank God, because within a few months, the show was canceled. So we would have moved all the way down there and still not had a job. It was the worst idea for a show ever. Anyway. Oh, you're talking about iVillage? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it wasn't a bad idea for the show, but they set it up underneath their roller coaster at Universal Studios. And they, and launched, in the, and they launched in the summer. And you can't That was the tough anything. part. It was just really warm. Yeah. You can't. They were underneath a roller coaster and you couldn't hear them. But then you ended up getting a job here. And then because we're here specifically, I think our community in Raleigh is like very, there's so many entrepreneurs. There's so much help for entrepreneurs here. Like we were able to start a business here that I think in New York City, we would never have been able to start. We never would have been able to start a business in New York City. Even in Florida, I think the resources like in that town, but we, because we were specifically here, I credit for being able to launch a business and do all these things. So I'm like, everything happens for a reason. You say it when something bad happens and then it works out. So I like, I'm like, if you put it all together, everything happens for a reason. But I guess my point is saying it in the moment is not really showing a lot of empathy. No. And this is something you taught me. It's almost like you're trying to explain it away or fix it by saying that it's going to be okay. I think saying it's going to be okay is fine. But also saying, man, I, I, you know, sometimes things just suck. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes things just suck. And if you look at the person who's going through that tragedy and you say, man, this really sucks. I think that's more powerful. And I think that's yeah. ultimately more helpful to, to say, I see you and I feel you. Yeah. So anyway, that, that one, I really like that one. And I don't see a name attached to it, but thank you to whoever sent that in. Uh, here's another one that we talked about the pra- practice makes progress. And somebody wrote in just because I can do something and do it well, doesn't mean I have to. I think yep. that one hit home too. You mean, yeah. Because there's a lot of things people do really well and they stay at it just because they're good at it, but you don't have to. This one was good. And um, her name is Shannon. I don't think people contributed here in the comment section knowing that we were going to mention them. So we won't say last name. And it says, you don't have to like everyone, but you have to get along. The mindset made me a doormat, she says. So uh, for so many people, even close family members, for way too long, as soon as somebody would put up a fight because I tried to set boundaries, I would acquiesce just so we would still, quote, get along. And I was miserable. It was actually who bought a boss who pointed it out to me and told me, no, I didn't have to get along with everyone and that boundaries are a good thing. That is awesome. You don't have to get along with everybody. You don't. I know. I, this is, I, I know. struggle. I know. I'm just, I'm, I, but you're right. It, just two things can be true. You're right. And I'm terrible at this. <laughs> like I have to get along with everybody. And if I don't like, I would rather like, let's say I got in a fight with a white supremacist skinhead and I hurt their feelings. I would like, I would try to find some way just to like, could I, is there some way we could patch this up? You would. Well, that's probably an extreme example. No, I would. I, would. I, I just like, I want everyone to like me. Uh, so this is like going back to the the thing we said before. And I think that pushes my desire to get along and reconcile things in order just to, to keep moving. But this person's absolutely right. And you're absolutely right. I'm just telling you, like, this is something I struggle no, with. I don't like conflict. I, I don't, it, it is not something I go looking for. I don't go looking for conflict, but I do acquiesce more 
than I should, but I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning that you don't always have to get along. And that goes along with um, something, oh, that Jen wrote that blood is thicker than water, a.k.a. turn your cheek when abuse comes from a close family member. She, she writes, it took the pandemic and forced separation for me to see through the gaslighting and emotional abuse, essentially de- detox from them. I now have to set healthy boundaries that are making some extended family upset, but my kid's spouse are so much safer and happier for it. Yeah. I mean, it that is hard to unlearn that it's family above all else. Well, what if it's not working with your family? What if your family, like what if it's just, family is so hard because I think you're, there's this expectation that they are your people for the rest of your life. But there are certain situations where that's, yeah, that that's just rough. Yeah. These were all really good. And I thought yours were really good too. I think what, what, I'd love to close with here. Or do you have more? I, I feel like we're in a good wrapping up point. There's I, just one, another one. Oh, okay. So I've spent, and we, yeah, I've spent too much time trying to make businesses work. Even a good idea can have no legs. Best advice, fail faster. So that goes along with you should, you can, even though you've worked hard at something, yeah. you can quit. Yeah. Okay. But Penn wants to wrap it up. So let's wrap it up. I think we should start a business making fortune cookies our way. So, these sorts of things, like none of the old school stuff, no practice makes perfect, no blood is thicker than water, the real life fortune cookies. That's what this podcast was, and then now we have to make them. And we'll probably fail, we'll fail quickly at trying to do that. And also, we will not have lottery numbers on them. And Kim doesn't understand this because it's a horrible strategy to pick those numbers. I'm sorry, but what if? What if? That's, That's where you're missing it, okay. Okay, there's six numbers, right? The odds that you're going to pick them right don't go up or down with any number. One, two, three, four, five, six is just as likely. Do you remember as any how I said you like you studying math was a good thing? At this point, I want I understand the concept, but I don't understand why you think it's a bad thing to split twenty million dollars. I'm trying to tell you right now, okay. <laughs> Because the odds that that number, I'm just saying as a strategy, the odds that that number got picked were exactly the same as if you had picked your own numbers. Yes, I know. Right. So you're basically either going for a, let's say it's one in 50 million to get the numbers right. You're going for a one in 50 million to win a hundred million dollars, or you're going for a one in 50 million to win $500,000 because so many people did it with you. Your odds shrink immediately because you know that a publicly suggested lottery number is going to get picked up I by understand someone. understand that. But in this case, it worked for the people. Yeah. I'm saying as a strategy, it's a terrible strategy. Okay. They got really, really lucky, but they didn't get as lucky as they could have if they, you know, struck rich and not had to split it 200 ways. Okay. I, I get it. Okay, baby. So what are the things that you used to live by that you are na- you now know are untrue that don't serve you? I love this conversation. Maybe we'll write a second blog post. Sign up for our newsletter. Sounds so old-fashioned. Like to, but we send a weekly newsletter. We do. That was I definitely resisted that at first. I was like what are we going to what's next? Are we going to print it out and put it in people's mailboxes, but uh, I I actually I love reading them and it's a nice little kind of bow on the week. Yeah, maybe um, send them out on Fridays. Yeah. 
Speaking of weeks, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. By the time you've listened to this, I will have either lost my mind oh, um, or, uh, sorry, just so you know, we're recording this on the Friday before the final four. And if you haven't seen some of our recent content, my grandfather, for whom I was named, played basketball for, the, for UNC. My father went to UNC. Most of my family went to UNC. I was raised as a UNC fan. And they are playing uh, their arch rival in the final four. The stakes have never been higher. And I, this doesn't really register for you. Cause it like, does, because you, I love well, you, so it registers right, for me. But in the SEC, like where you went to school, they play each other in the finals all the time. Right. They're just better. That's just, and also their tournament is structured so that it's like really easy for that to happen. There's only four teams in the playoff. Right. There's 64 teams in the playoff. So much like the lottery, the odds are astronomical that you're going to play this team that you think you're going to play. Right. And so in all of time, UNC and Duke, have never played each other with this many stakes and I have actual anxiety about it as does my son. It's so cute. You guys. So, so okay, yeah. so now cuz we're going to by the time this comes out on Tuesday it will be over. Right. And so So by then So I'll, what is your prediction? Oh, I don't think Carolina is going to win. Why? I just because I'm because if you because I just can't. But honey, I, you could do anything you set your mind to. I think, okay, do you, want, you really want to know why? Why? Duke's got a more talented team. Okay. So if you have to ask about the odds, the fact that Duke has a more talented team, plus the fact that it is impossible in this day and age for the gravity of moment of a moment not to have the effect on those people who are officiating it. I, being, a, being an official is incredibly hard, and I would never want to do it, but... Like it's Coach K's last tournament. He has Coach K has historically gotten some favorable calls. So has North Carolina, but no one has gotten more than Mike Shashevsky. There are millions of ad dollars at stake because Duke is the bigger draw because it's his last season. And I just think it's impossible to not have that in the psyche of your head as a referee. You're looking for tiny, minuscule little things. I think for those two reasons, Duke wins the game. I hope to God I'm wrong. I feel like you can do anything you set your mind to, honey. And no, we, players we, just have to know that. We dispelled that myth. I'm kidding. Yeah, because yeah, that's, a, again, example. These these UNC players are going to go out. Well, I guess they both are. And they're going to put their mind to it. And it may not work out for them. I think UNC is going to win. Well, they've already they've already had a great season. This the, What really sucks about it is they could have ended their season before this. And we could have just been like, yeah, we beat Duke the last time we played Coach K. Mic drop. Now we have to play him again. We could have beaten him on his, like, but now if Duke wins this, they basically get to erase all memory. That's the other thing. I'm sorry. I've turned this into a basketball podcast. <laughs> the team that in, in the Duke Carolina rivalry, best rivalry in all of sports, the team that won the most recently is at a disadvantage because of how angry the team that lost is. And so North Carolina is at an UNC kicked their butt. Oh my God. It was so glorious. And the season should have ended right there. Just end the season right but there. But making it to the final four is a big deal. Not if you have to play Duke again and lose to him. I just then... want both teams to have fun. I know. Oh, I get you I, that T-shirt. So, honey, I how 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 can you help? I just I li just listened to Brene Brown, Saint Brene, and she uses this term like, um, how, "What does love look like for you right now? Like, how can I oh. support you?" I think you're just gonna have to put up with my crap. It, well, like, me putting up with you is just marriage. So what does that look well, like? In general, I'm a very kind and positive person mm -hmm. and just, I would just be prepared for some, some negativity being shouted at, Not at me. No, but at a person on the television screen who I can't even see in real life and can't hear me be ready for some like real petty, petty comments. 
just like, for those two hours. After the last game, I don't, you guys, I, again, I didn't grow up with this rivalry. So after the last <laughs> game, like, because it was, the is it Mike Krzyzewski? The good. Okay. So it was his, his last home game as the Duke coach, and he's, he has this storied career. And so it happened to be against UNC, which is terrible. And UNC won by, like, a lot. And all these, like, famous people were there. And all these old. Jer- randomly, Jerry Seinfeld Did was he there. Go there? No. Okay. So, but then all, um, but then all of his old players were there. So this is a lot of pressure and they lost and they were showing, and I hated this. They were showing all the crying Duke fans. And I was like, don't do that. That's so mean because like there's these sweet kids and they wanted this, they had this expectations. And I'm just imagining my kids, like they're zooming in on my kids are sad and they're showing, I'm like, that's so mean. Like, I just think that's so mean to show crying. Like even though they're college kids and technically adults, I'm like that. And you and PC were laughing at their pain. I think I said, I want to drink their tears. Yes. And I was like, I have never heard you be so mean. Incredibly petty. That is so mean. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't have any, I don't have any excuse for it. It just happened. It just came out of my mouth and my body. It had been sitting there for a while. And I knew that everything I was saying was bonkers crazy. If it was my kid, I, might even do the same thing like that's like that's do you that's know the funny I, part because like lola is working so hard at school and she's like such an amazing student she's gonna get into duke and you're gonna have to like i'm still not gonna root for their basketball team <laughs> um <laughs> i will I, it is a i have always said this it's a wonderful university it has incredible teachers. It has an awesome community. The Duke fans, like the like Duke basketball is part of your identity when you go to school there and it makes you a better person. It helps you, it actually teaches you a lot of cool things. It teaches you how to be like, to have a sense of real community across like a, a very diverse group of people. It also teaches you that even though the rest of the world absolutely hates you, you cannot care. <laughs> you think the re- the entire oh, no, world no, no. hates this is Duke? No, no, no. Like a Duke fan will agree with you on this. Like this is where like uh, Duke fans are nodding their heads right now. They know that everybody hates them. If you're not a Duke fan, you hate Duke. Oh my There's- God. There's this comment. They, I don't, I, I don't understand everything with social media. I sound really old when I say that. So on Facebook, you can send stars, mm-hmm. which I'm not entirely sure how that works, but I think it's like, and I, and people do it. And I'm like, oh my God, Thank you. And I think that's like a payment. Like they, they say like, this is a good video and we're going to pay. I don't think it's like a lot of money. I, 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 have, I don't even know how to go check it. Like, I don't even yeah. know, like I'll go check it, you guys. But somebody wrote, go to hell, Carolina. Is that a chant they do? Absolutely. What is the, what's the chant? Cause it was like, go to hell, Carolina, go to hell. And then we've got, we've got go to hell Duke in ours as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they went, go to hell, Carolina, go to hell written. For, yeah. Go to hell, Carolina, <laughs> go to hell. Yeah. And so written from a Duke grad who paid money. So you would see this comment. That's really funny. And I was Love like, it. comment has been seen. Cause I guess if you send it with stars, like we, it's like right at the top. So yeah. we see those. Well, yeah. L- listen, so this rivalry isn't great unless Duke is good How much and, <laughs> and their fans have the same feelings that we do and they do check check and so there's this actually kind of kindred love between duke fans and carolina fans because no one else understands the hate 
And so I have like, I actually probably get more texts from my Duke fan friends than my Carolina fan friends during the game. And I love it because we're all like friends. We just hate each other for two hours. I think it's so funny that this, you wanted to wrap up this podcast because we were talking about like mental health, but we've just talked for 20 minutes about basketball that by the time this airs will be over, over. (laughs) Maybe we should cut this whole thing out. Anyway. But I did love that comment. I love that basketball was such an integral part of my life growing up and that it's coming to a culmination right now with this. Uh-huh. And I just, I just can't tell you how much I hate Duke <laughs> basketball, but I love, I love them too. I need them. I'm going to like, I'm going to miss coach K. Are you? Yeah. I have friends who told me that like they, they miss Dean Smith. They miss Roy Williams. It just like it, you know, they miss hating. You like beating the best. You don't like beating not the best. I get that. I yeah. get that. Like you, you want, yeah. Okay. Uh, this has been great. Sorry. This has been <laughs> extra, great. extra 10 minutes bonus that a lot of people just. <laughs> but, uh... Okay. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.